0: Hello, and welcome to the Plugged In Podcast, where we talk with founders and CEOs in order to bring you the real stories of failures and triumphs, highs and lows they've experienced on their journey towards success. We will go in-depth with our guests to give you insights into how they have taken an idea from concept to realization, making those first key hires to building the right team, scaling revenues, how they overcame obstacles, and much more as we learn how they achieve success. This is the podcast that you want to subscribe to if you want to learn how to succeed.
1: Hello, everyone. Today, we have a fantastic uh, guest in Dennis Mortensen, who is the CEO and co-founder of X.ai. A premier AI type of company. Uh, I think, well before his time even started out, um, he's already been around for four years, which is a little bit before the whole AI rush came into being. He saw the writing on the wall, which is one of the reasons why he's been successful in a lot of the things that he's done. And with that, let's, you know, Dennis, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll just jump
0: right into the conversation. Sure. So, you're certainly right that we were early enough to get a single letter. AI domain. So that's always a signal. Whoever owns these single letter domains were certainly early, sometimes too early, uh, but that's not the point. <laughs> so my backdrop is really one of a lifelong entrepreneurial journey where I believe if you really want to succeed, you should probably try to turn entrepreneurship into a career. So that when you do your first venture, you accept that you're perhaps not yet the master of the universe. And when you do your second one, you might just be a little bit better. And if you continue to do so, one day you might get good at it. (laughs) And we are now 24 years into it, running on our fifth venture. So that's what I spend my life on, building tech-driven startups. Excellent.
1: So just just to give a little bit of background, you were with the Visual Revenue, which was acquired by Outbrain, and then before that, you were with um, Index Tools. Tools, which was acquired by Yahoo. Yep. Um, and even before that, you had another company, I think back in was Denmark, or yep. that was also acquired. Um, and you know, again, just you know, on your LinkedIn profile it says you 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 took the NBA tough road, right? You, you had a you had a you had a startup that failed. And which is really, for anybody who's, and I've been a number of startups that have failed, you really get an MBA the hard way, right? You, you learn a, a valuable lessons, you really get knocked down, but the good thing is you got back up and you really have been, you know, hitting it out of the ballpark since then.
0: It's it's certainly easy to pat yourself on the back when you get a little bit of success and then even try to... Uh, reason for why you deserve that success but where you take the best notes and i'm sure you would agree here is when you make a mistake and especially when it's a costly one you take good notes As saying that's not going to happen again it, As i said your best notes comes from when you get punched in the face because you know what that hurts And uh, I'm going to change my behavior So I don't get punched in the face in the future (laughs) And that particular venture was just a fantastic And I'm putting this in Air Force MBA Because I think there's many things you can learn in school And I'm a big fan of uh, just education in general I just sent my first daughter to college Oh, wow And in that regard, I applaud people who go extract knowledge from that setting, but there's a few things for where I think it's hard to really learn unless you do it. And I think startups might have so many components kind of built into them for where the best way to learn is by doing. As in, I think you and me could read up on startups week over week, month over month, year over year, but I'm not sure you would really know until you do do one.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And so with that, so, you know, let's, we going to start a little bit back. So take us to your first job that you had, first meaningful job. And what, you know, what did you learn from it that really stuck with you to, to today? Any
0: habit? So my very first job, outside of uh, helping out my dad and making some coin in his uh, business, was me assembling cages for make is that what you call them yeah I think so yeah yeah and did that aggressively on some almost commission style structure and we earned uh, some good money because we were too young to spend it so I started actually before high school so I must have been kind of what you would call 13. kind of middle school yeah. in the US right so 12 13. G- worked it all the way up to about 18. Oh wow. And we worked hard, because when you're 13, what can you spend money on? As in there's only so much ice cream which you can buy, (laughs) so we just put it in the bank, and uh, had like an amount which, now when I think about it, was kind of almost unfair, because we just got paid like anybody else. You wanna do the work? I don't care, you can be 12, you can be 21, just do the work. If you're fast, I'll pay you even more. So that was one for where we certainly picked up a real good work ethic, as in any other kids on the block will sleep in late. We would get up at 6 a.m., as in be at work at 6 a.m. on Saturday. As in we got the keys to the floor so we can come whenever we want it. So up super early, do very long days, but we count the amount of money that we have earned come the end of it. So just uh, set a very good tone, I think, for the remainder of my life. Wow. Oh, that's a billion work ethic is definitely, uh,
1: especially at that age. (laughs) You know, I I only wish my daughter had that work ethic. She's 13 now. So I'm (laughs) like, I'm trying to push her there. So, you know, tell me, how did you come up with your first startup, right? I think it was Evonex, right? Is that how you pronounce it? So the
0: venture before that was called Canvas, and we did... We started in the mid-90s, right, before the internet was as obvious as it is today. It was still the new thing. It was actually still a time where you could tell people, I run an internet company. If you told people today you run an internet company, that doesn't mean anything, right? I said, don't we all? (laughs) Uh, But certainly in that day and age, you could say that I run an internet company. And we did uh, multiple things, but the one thing was certainly think we did well, was that we honed in on what you might just describe as log file analysis. And again, today, you couldn't run any website without some sort of insight to what is going on here. Hell, anybody who's got a blog might just have Google Analytics on it. Hey, where do people come from? What do they look at? How many businesses do I get? As in, we all do that. But at that moment in time, people didn't. As in, there wasn't really anything that buying with that. The only thing you had was kind of web servers spitting out log files. You could take a look at them and kind of make some sort of guess on so what happened here. So we did that for uh, four years and had a uh, formidable exit in April of 2000. So I'm one of those kids who got out of the right side of the com boom.
1: So did you have a tech background when you started out? Or yeah, you- I have a CS degree. Okay, you do. but well, it's from the mink. To, you know, somebody leap if you don't have a, a background in computers. So we
0: did... Uh, but perhaps even more so back then because it was just around the time for where computers started to arrive, right? So you could buy the ZX Spectrum or the Commodore mm-hmm. and I had all of them. So we did assembly programming from 10 and just 10 years straight before we arrived at college. So we had a, a programming PhD the day we turned up and there was just a dramatic difference between those who spent the 10 years and those who just came in fresh for where, yeah. oh, I'm going to take my CS degree, looking forward to going to see what this is all about. And back then, I don't think they were as good. It's kind of doing a fair segmentation on how do we actually bring these very two different populations on board. So while we earned some coin, assembling cages for mink, once we have done that, we walked home, then we did another six hours of programming. Wow. That, that's that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: So, um you know, what did you learn from it? Like, did you have a, like the challenges or, you know, did you have a point in time? And now I'll, I'll get to this to your other companies as well, yeah. where, you know, four years you're doing it. Did you think that it was going to succeed when you started out? You know, back in the, it was the heyday back then. Right. So you had companies that were very hesitant to, to build a website. You know, yep. it, it's crazy that that sounds now. Back then, building a website was like, why would I build it? Who's going to go to this thing called the Internet? I mean, this is you know, we're dating
0: ourselves somewhat. Yeah, we are. Sadly, (laughs) we're getting older. The idea of doing my own thing and the kind of anticipation of it succeeding was not something I spent too many clock cycles on. To be honest, I probably should have. But when you're young, you're kind of positively naive, as in, I can do this, and even if it fails, you actually don't have much to lose, right? No wife no kids rent is going to get paid if not I'll sleep on some couch somewhere else right I said you know, it's so easy to do something at that very moment in time because whatever you're gambling with is tiny so actually didn't really mull it over too much i mostly just focused on doing a good job I saying here's a set of people who are in market for what we might be able to provide let's just do that and uh, then you do that, then you do a little bit more, you make some money, you hire another engineer, you make some more money. And we ended up bootstrapping the whole thing into about 70 people. Oh, wow. And didn't take any financing and uh, got acquired. So when we did get acquired, was- we did have to kind of Share with anybody, uh, or no investors. Send money back to it. It was just us. Wow. So and then and then from
1: there you and you know, so, it, and index tools, right? So yeah. again, that was a little bit later on. The internet yeah. was still. It was a tough time, right? Nine eleven happened. Two thousand the, the dot com, you know, the bubble really burst. Um, and so, how did you come up with that, or was it by yourself? You
0: brought on a co-founder. So uh, Charlie and Peter and Martin and I and all of the people kind of around it. Certainly uh, saw that not only do we need, and this was kind of a kind of think Google Analytics. So we now moved on from looking at log files to kind of putting a JavaScript pi- or a pixel on a mm-hmm. website, and that kind of democratized access to analytics. That meant any uh, marketing manager at a small company could just add this to their web pages and blink and have instant kind of analytics. And we certainly saw that. There was a real need for this, and even though we did see it, there was other people who certainly saw it even more than we did it and took a dramatic amount of funding, assuming that the whole world would need this at some point. we can talk about how long it's going to take, but every website in the world will need a solution like this, and uh, we were not that aggressive, but certainly grew up. Uh, the organization and did very well and had a strong exit to Yahoo and paid for my Wall Street apartment and all of that of stuff uh, but that uh, venture was certainly one for where I think even though the time was a little bit tough because we're uh, post.com post nine eleven, 11 not much money to raise but the internet had become somewhat inevitable as said, most people saw that this will happen. Sure, it might not be as fast as we imagined in 99, but it will happen. So it was a, uh, it's never a smooth ride, but it was one for where people were kind of rooting for our success. Oh, what you do makes sense. I might not buy it today, I'll buy it tomorrow. So suddenly had a fantastic time kind of building that uh, organization and we had a very good exit, and kind of what brought me to the US, right? Okay. Right. And, and, you
1: know, so from there, you know, you, you, you were, you know, did you raise, let me go, did you raise funding for that No, journal? We did. Also Bootstrap. Yeah. Wow. You have, <laughs> so that's two Bootstrap companies. Yep. Got it. And so, and, and getting your first clients, right? The selling process, right? So, did you take some of the clients that you had from your, you know, your first startup with log files and you move them to your, you know, to Industry Index, or did you, Start afresh, and did you go after the U.S. market, the European market? Did you build a sales team? Yeah.
0: So I I think a good example, though, here is what we did at Visual Revenue. So most of the things that we've done in the past have certainly been things where we utilized our networks, and you always Mm -hmm. kind of carry over your connection from one thing uh, to the next, and sometimes you can sometimes you can kind of sell the same customer. If I take uh, Visual Revenue, which I think is an interesting story where we uh, did not have connections in the media industry. So we did predictive analytics for mm-hmm. media, trying to predict what stories to carry on the homepage of, say, CNN or ABC or Fox or Levant and Or customers of ours, by the way. And in that setting, what do you do? Because in enterprise, you need to assemble that logo slide. I said, you need to get that first five customers. It's yeah. the only way you can sell <laughs> the next fifty. But how do you get the first five? Hell, how do you get the first one? That's what exactly. And That's that is nearly
1: impossible. From building the pitch to coming up with the right product, the the right presentation. Yeah. And again, trust goes a long way, right? So yeah. It's a good thing that they know you, but that doesn't really make this sell.
0: No. Especially not. on an enterprise, you know not on a six figure deal. Yeah. Hey, Dennis, I'll take the meeting. But if we don't need it, I, I can't buy it. Not at that You know, amount of money, so sure, I'll do a high and a low and a cup of coffee, so that was very interesting so here's the, uh, I wouldn't call it hack because I think it's a real methodology that would encourage others to kind of apply, is that we moved in with our first prospect as in, not only will I move in and sit next to him for that first year I'll make sure that whatever feature he wants that doesn't derail me from our, my vision, I will implement in the solution. And when I do that, I can almost guarantee that he will be the buyer, who will have this very intimate relationship. So we moved in with the New York Daily News, and I sat right next to the editor for that first year, and they became our first customer. But not only our first customer um, in a six-figure deal, uh, they also became our best advocate as in, oh can you speak to the uh, Connecticut Post? Can you speak (laughs) to uh, people who are not in your direct competition? Can you speak to Philippe at Le Mans Mm -hmm. and kind of tell them how you're running this? Hell, we're raising some capital. Can you speak to uh, SoftBank or Ventures or Little Hippo, our investors? And that worked extremely well. And had it not been the fact that this particular venture, X.ai, is more of a bottoms-up, and certainly, one way we'll eventually rely on the enterprise to provide the uh, majority of our revenue. The kind of sales methodology is more one where that account manager at Uber ends up signing up, then introduces it to his team. The team then signs up, buys eight seats. The CIO finds out and they buy eighty seats, or whatever it might be. Some bottoms-up Slack-style yeah. type acquisition method. Uh, but when it's straight top-down. We moved in. It was very
1: aggressive, but it but it worked. But it, it's, a, it's a gamble, though, because you're really you're putting a lot of your eggs, and rightly so, in there. You're putting a lot of resources, a lot of time. Did that take away from trying to after other customers, or you just said, right, let's build a product. We have, we have our, our alpha user, in a sense. We could troubleshoot. We could work. And we know we we're very confident in our product than ourselves that you could get the deal done. So did you do lateral sales as well or are you just focused on one and both the product at the same
0: time? So we were hell-bent on getting that first customer and the thing suddenly that we tried to make sure of was that the first customer wasn't so unique that we couldn't replicate that story. I said, don't get married to somebody for where you can't find anybody else in the universe that looks like them. So we made sure that, oh, the New York Daily News is like any other news media destination that just happened to be Tabloid and New York, but it doesn't really differ that much from, say, the Boston world. So while we catered heavily to servicing them and closing that contract, and we felt very confident that if we really lean in for that kiss, it will happen. <laughs> while we did that, we certainly started to kind of warm up everybody else who kind of look like them knowing that once we have this logo then we can go out and say Oh, we are serving uh, this property with uh, tens of millions of page views and many uh, full-time editors utilizing the platform, taking these decisions and if you need a reference here's the person you can call so <laughs> that, uh, that worked well and uh, then found that handful of immediate next customers that we thought were close enough to what we had done here which we could kind of carry on and that at, as that kind of first batch yeah. but adding on top of that what we actually did even before this as we started the venture is that we actually named the 172 accounts that we could see us be successful on not as in yeah it's going to be interesting when we are in business to see who we can sell to no we made the spreadsheet and said, here are all the people we would like to sell to. So let's get started. Some of these might be 19-month-long sales cycles before I get from initial high and low and mm-hmm. I exist to us signing a contract. So that was a named list. So building a funnel. I, I, I definitely hear that. Yeah. Building a funnel. Make sure
1: that you, that's your, you know, you, you always keep, you know, your eye on that to, to, to get to where you want to be. So, you know, was that the biggest challenge Was that your first customer Your biggest challenge With, with, with visual um, Or You know Did you ever have to say to yourself You know Okay It's there We're working with them But it's not really Taking yet Right There's something missing
0: There's certainly The Kind of Product Market fit Challenge In Any venture Sometimes I think it's way harder in a consumer-like setting for where you're coming up with something new-new. Many times in an enterprise setting, you know the pain is real, that it's been fully documented, and nobody's in disagreement. Now you just have to do the engineering against that pain, and it's less of a gamble. You can talk about how much time it's going to take, whether they're willing to pay the price that you had in mind, but it's less of a kind of traditional product market fit challenge. It's kind of like walking into any organization, finding a process which is kind of suboptimal, using software to make it less kind of Mm suboptimal and finding a price for having done that. And that wasn't too much of a worry. I think uh, my worries, certainly in that particular venture, were more on things that were outside of my and their control Meaning we started at a time for where The vast majority of traffic Were direct As saying This is public information So CNN certainly at that moment in time Would get 2 billion plus some page views The vast majority of those page views Had a referrer that was CNN I said, mm-hmm. do you want to the news? You wrote CNN.com yeah. <laughs> Today, though, and we were at the very beginning of that, plenty of news is being read, consumed, or referred from social media and or from some app. And that meant that kind of homepage, which we were helping optimizing, because that was the primary starting point, that were about to change. And that meant I might have to come up. Be in a different business where I help them optimize how they push some of their stories to social. If the whole world moves towards that, and that uh, that can be up some days. Got it. So let's move on to you know exiting
1: now, right? And then I'll yep. jump into you know XAI. You know, so did you have an idea like? Apron wasn't a customer yours, were they? No. Nope. So Apron, so they say okay. You no, know, they see you. They see that there's a lot of value in what you do. That you know, bringing in in house. You know, could you walk me through the the, the that as you know, I would, I would say the process in a sense. They coming to you and then exiting. Were you happy to exit? Were you hesitant? You know, because I definitely see you. Definitely, probably had some idea that you know, even when I exit or I when I finish, I'm going to do something else after. So, so I
0: certainly don't think you can. Build a company to exit Which is not what you alluded to either But I think it's important to kind of just underline correct, correct. Some people have this idea that I would like to kind of quickly build a company And make uh, 30 million dollars Yeah We all want to do that <laughs> So uh, we're not in disagreement But if that is what you set out to do I think it's very unlikely That you're going to get your X number million dollar check What you need to set out to do Is build good product That uh, makes your customers happy, and if you continue to do so, then one day... Good things will happen. Exactly. Some set of opportunities will arrive. Yeah. I also think you have to just be honest with yourself. Even those who will say, this is never sale for sale. Everything is for sale. And suddenly, if you take venture capital, you're always for sale at the right price. And sometimes that price is not right until you go public uh, and the market determines the price. But you're always conceptually for sale that sounds very uh, promiscuous and that's not the point the point is that it's not your kid this is just a company and <laughs> you're playing a good game <laughs> yeah. and don't fall in love with anything that can't love you back yeah so in that regard i certainly do two things in any one of my ventures one just continue to figure out how to make your customers happy because if you do that You can hire good people, you can get more customers, you can make some revenue, you can raise some capital, hell, you can do an exit one day, right? Just Mm -hmm. do that. Two, don't be blind to the fact that one day you might need some friends or you certainly would like them to be aware of the fact that you exist so that if they do sit and mull over whether they should buy or build some technology, you need to be the one they call so at least you can decline it. You don't want to have them wake up and say, yeah, we decided to build it, but in hindsight, I wish we called you, Dennis. Yeah, me too, <laughs> right? So I certainly yeah. tried very hard to be kind of very honest about, so who are the people for where I can imagine a good marriage, and let me make sure that they are aware of the fact that I exist, are fully kind of up to speed on where we're at and where we're headed. And that meant, certainly for Mission Revenue, I was in the same kind of uh, roundtables and uh, conferences and uh, forums that they were at. I spoke to the same customers. I knew exactly what they did and made sure that oh, they were walking around the office thinking, so we spent now X number of years, half a decade at that point, working the article page. Then we spent you know, X number of years working the front page. There seems to be some synergy here for where if we mm-hmm. want to attack... Yet another part of this particular property, we should team up with him. So I just made sure that I was in their sphere, sphere, right? And uh, came out of just being in the sphere enough for them giving us a ring saying, hey, Dennis, you got time to come by to have a chat. <laughs> and then you have that's kind of that initial there, right? And then you have a couple of chats, and uh, I tend to not be shy, outbrain being Israelis tend to not be shy at all. So it's actually you know, a good pairing in that regard. Yeah. No need to kind to dance for seven weeks. Just say it out loud. If you mm-hmm. want to kiss me, say so. Yeah. We'll make it happen. And if not, I'll lean back a little bit, yeah. And it will not happen. Yeah. And that's okay. So uh, certainly went from initial high and low to looking into a deal reasonably rapid. And uh, I think... Uh, as we said, yes. Only say yes if you think it's going to be not just a good deal for you, but also a good deal for the acquirer. Mm-hmm. As in, you can imagine it happening and uh, imagine it being kind of a positive outcome, and uh, you know, seal the deal. And uh, I hear that. How on you know, <laughs> uh, spend a year and a half there? How many people did
1: you have when you exited? We were. 26 or 27? Yeah. Exactly. So, okay. So that, that leads into where you are today, right? And, yeah. and I, you know, you're building, I mean, here you're really, you're in X.AI, which you're really building a, 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 a substantial company, right? A leader in the space in a sense. Um, and I remember even when you started out, I remember you, I think you just left Outbrain and you said, yeah. you know, I'm working on this AI thing. Why don't you try that a bit? And I'm like, you know, calendar, you know, scheduler. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can do it myself. Yeah, you know. And lo and behold, you know. Fast forward. You know, you, you it's, it's you know you're you're really at the head of the game, right? You're. It's definitely a good you know sales solution, but it's also you know a, a really you know important tool that a lot of people and sales people, but also within companies, are using now. And, and so with that, you know, I, a few things I want to just make sure we, we get to. You know. Why are you excited about it, right?
0: Let's start there. I think anybody in the knowledge economy, really anybody walking into an office, touching a computer in some way, shape or form, will be dragged into a meeting. That's just the way it works. Hopefully, they're good meetings, but you'll be in a meeting. You can be the most hardcore back-end infrastructure engineer Still need to do the stand up or still need to do the all hands, still need to participate in this kind of design thing. So, we all do meetings, some more than others. If you're a salesperson, you might do 40 a week and some might do just three a week, but we all do them. And given that we all do these meetings, there's very little debate on whether this is a pain that we would love to escape, as in a pain for where if I don't have to deal with it, that'll be lovely. As in, you emailing me, I know instantly, yeah, I'll spend time with you. As in, that takes me a split second. Me and you trying to figure out whether we need to meet on Wednesday, Thursday, one, two, or two on a <laughs> or not, whether I send the invite, you and me add no value. As in, we should just escape that and ass- assume it's a machine task. So it was very easy to kind of get excited because. I'm 46, I got my email in, I don't know, 91, 92 or something like that, and that means, damn, I've had 30 years of setting up meetings in pretty much the same way. The email ping pong is just described, and I just found it very hard to imagine, so... Do we do another 20 years and I die? Is, is that my life? Uh, so there must be a moment in time where somebody or something comes along and this particular chore disappears. So that's something excites me that for once, not only can we you know, build a good company, uh, but we might be able to make a small dent in the universe. Kind of like a Dropbox comes along. There was a time where it, it was very normal very much expected that you save your files on your hard disk Mm -hmm. and if you upload them to the internet, you were crazy. And somehow they made a small dent in the universe where if you tell me right now that you're walking around the streets of Manhattan with all your personal files on your laptop, you are (laughs) crazy as you need (laughs) to upload them somewhere to keep them safe, right? So that kind of small dent is only what excites me here that Amy and Andrew are two kind of agents that help schedule meetings. Hey, that could be something we talk about in 10 years. That would be awesome. So, so you're trying to really, you know, in a sense, you know,
1: turn the – turn turn it on a ten a bit, right? You turn it, yeah. You're turning the scheduling. Okay. So, you know, that, that, that's that's actually pretty cool. And, and, you know, how are you, you know, from starting point to now, there's definitely – I mean, I definitely see the vision that you've kept. But it's changed, right? You, you Early on, it wasn't really enterprise. It was just getting it out there. What made you move to the more enterprise
0: so we always assume that we would make the vast majority of our revenue from the enterprise. It was only a matter of what is the best path to getting there. And certainly what we found up until this point is that the path into the enterprise is kind of what I described before for where somehow you get exposed to this because you were a guest at a meeting where somebody used it on you and you said, why don't I have this? If it's only $8 a month, I'll just have the company reimburse me. Mm-hmm. So you sign up, then you get lazy, and then you schedule a meeting with some co worker. He gets exposed, and then your team starts using, and then I can kind of self up from there. So we always knew that in the end, at our most successful moment, I would sell 22,000 seats to VMware. Mm-hmm. I said, some sort of, that's why I'm running towards I'm not mm-hmm. there yet. Uh, I can sell 100 seats or 400 seats, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm moving towards that. But it all really kind of starts with the individual. And we have this product for where, and not all products have it, for this, a single user mode. So many products only come in kind of team mode, right? As in, you can't as a single individual start to use Salesforce. The organization have to sign up for that. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a team mode, right? Yeah. multiplayer mode. And here, you can be happy as an individual, but you can be even happier if your co-worker uses it as well, because then it can happen instantly. Neither you nor him would need to speak to Amy because she works for both of you and you can just start to say things like, hey, Amy, can you get me and Suzanne and John together tomorrow afternoon, click send, you blink, oh, we three fifteen in 3.15 meet room 9.00. F. How awesome. So it certainly looks like that that will be our starting point from the bottom, but it's not a uh, revelation. We knew we were going there, and we're still on our way there. Got it. So, you know,
1: talking about the you know company, you know, I would say culture. Now, what what have you learned from your previous companies that helped you shape up? You know, you know, X.
0: now. It might just be the experience from company to company, or it might just be how less to certain things over time but the idea of having a very strong idea of where you're headed is certainly something that I put more emphasis on today versus earlier on as in if I look at my 22 year old self where we headed I don't know how about we close this customer tomorrow yeah. and then we look at what happens on Monday right yeah. as in we didn't look that far into the future, sometimes just trying to survive, right, Mm -hmm. in a bootstrap kind of setting. Now I spend almost an unfair amount of time trying to really figure out what does the destination look like and what are all the steps we need to take to get there and what step are we at now and how do we take the next, you know, X number of steps. So that's certainly something that I've changed in my kind of approach Mm -hmm. To start up is uh, if I can't see kind of the beginning and almost see the end, I feel uh, uncomfortable in bringing on the next guy because I should be able to tell him, sure, there'll be many kind of six acts, but I can tell you where I think we're at, I can certainly tell you where I think we're going to be in the end, and I can certainly give you my idea of how I think we're going to get there. So that is something which I've just uh, really leaned into cool
1: and how if that like, makes any sense no it did make, it makes makes good sense and how do you like you know again you, your biggest was visual revenue the biggest company you had in terms of personnel employee wise before prior to this I mean and on that point how do you find scaling your you know you know how do you find scaling you know it's not an easy thing to do it's not easy to find our employees you know is there some things that you've done that you've implemented in here that you look for in each employee, um, you know, are there, are
0: you know, just walk me through that aspect too. So, we actually sold earlier at VR, so at that kind of 26 ish type guys, for where uh, probably about 70 at tools 70 at uh, cameras, mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, and I think the kind of most distinct difference between the 25 uh, uh, man band and the 70 yeah. man band is that you need to start employing middle managers and I'm using that term deliberately mm-hmm. which is that you now need to have people where their primary function is to manage other people and that is not an easy step and it's certainly not an easy step if you haven't done it before because it can very easily just become a tax on the organization that now things move slower, uh, things are more costly, and all around, all you have done suddenly in the beginning is provide the optionality for more growth. You haven't done more sales, uh, you haven't uh, created happier kind of employees, mm-hmm. you probably do less sales, they're not as happy because you used to be so romantic with Dennis just did the stand-up himself <laughs> and we could just be in that one room and figure out what to do for the next week, right? So that is a, a real kind of dramatic step for people who haven't uh, done it before. That very moment where you go from just being you and the guys and the girls to you and an organization that you're about to build. That is uh, not easy. And we all stumble on kind of trying to do that, but we certainly learn from each stumble. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that that indeed. And so, you know, your first client, right? So I know early on you were getting single users, did those single users, and going back to what you were saying before, it's funny how... You, you someone adopted the same philosophy as you do with daily news, right? Where you yep. got them internally really excited and got them to sell, right? So it's the same concept here. You get one person on a the team, yep. they start selling to the others in the sense, yep. which saves you the time. Um, you know, getting that first big client of yours, you know, did you, did, did, did one person use it and then it just spread? Or you went in there and you said, you know, listen, you guys, I see you guys have a lot of active users. Why don't you just buy, you know, buy seats?
0: So we've, uh, we've done both. And I wish I could kind of tell you that I've, I've nailed it and I've optimized it into the nth degree and there's simply no more optimization, optimization which I can squeeze out of it. I still think there's uh, a set of unknowns and I don't think I have yet all the answers. It's okay if you have most of the answers. But, but I have, I have <laughs> some answers. And I would say the vast majority of the first business customer of ours were from existing Users who were happy, the vast majority. You know, Kevin at VMware, or mm-hmm. this individual at Nike, or this individual at you know, EA, or wherever that might have been, but some individual who's been an individual customer for half a year, because we did only put the individual edition to market to begin with, as we started to kind of craft the team edition, mm-hmm. there's certainly just ways. You would negotiate when it's with colleagues. There's certain features you need, like meeting rooms Mm -hmm. and what have you, that the individual might not need, but the team certainly needs. Because you and me are sitting in a room right now, so somehow that needs to be booked so people don't walk in here, right? So that took a little while to kind of engineer, but most of them were advocates. Now, having done that and we continue to kind of optimize on that particular track, we're also starting to see the kind of more true enterprise, or certainly the large organization, for where, hey, we have seen this in market, uh, we agree on the pain, and we would love to kind of see how we could implement this. Mm-hmm. And you know exactly how they operate, they might run some sort of RFP process, they would certainly uh, run some sort of uh, security compliance type process. Mm-hmm. We just found to close a kind of top 10 bank in the US. And I'm sure you can imagine both how long it took from high and low to closing it, how much kind of security compliance we needed to go through to kind of make sure that we adhere to kind of what they put in place as a vendor. And that are two very different tracks and we are still optimizing on both of them. The kind of top down, no single advocate will ever be allowed to kind of just roll it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to kind of go through their procurement process. Very cool. So, and then there's the, now I'm just going to turn yeah. this into my own interview. Sure. Then there's the, the third track where you could also imagine us uh, working with partners before we become an integral part of their solution, right? Where they do something where two people now need to get together. I should probably power that. So, that is kind of a third track that we're also exploring. That's,
1: that's interesting, and, and in terms of the track, which one is, I mean, you're, you're putting, it seems like you're going really have strong after the enterprise solution, right? That's the, the companies with, you know, 100
0: plus employees, 1,000 employees. Teams, yeah, teams. I would say teams is certainly, we think, we think uh, meeting scheduling is inherently a kind of team activity. You rarely meet up with yourself. You meet up with yeah. other people. So the whole thing is inherently kind of oriented around the team. So we are leaning into that. And so that means we're leaning into everything from the 5-man uh, band to the 20-man band to the 70-man agency in Brooklyn. And kind of moving you know, up from there to the 500-man band. And then surely we'll stumble into some true enterprises. But that's probably even a little bit early. But we're we working ourselves up that arc. And most startups will do that. Day one, sell your mom. Day two, sell your college buddy. Day <laughs> yeah. three, sell a stranger. Yeah. And day, kind four years in, sell a top ten U.S. bank. Right? This to gonna figure yeah. out how to, how to kind to of traverse that uh, that eye. All right. So we're gonna wrap up in yep. two
1: minutes and a couple questions. So when you were fifteen years old, did you want to be you know a mink, you know builder of cages, or, or like what did you did you know you want to get into
0: computers? Well, you were already building computers. But so I. Here's, this sounds like I'm going to make it up uh, just for the <laughs> purpose of the question but it's not the case so War Games the movie, mm-hmm. if you remember it of course, Matthew Broderick exactly, What's on the telly one night, must have been given I'm in the dark forest of <laughs> Scandinavia <laughs> a year, or a year and a half later than you saw it here in the US yeah. and that night as I saw that I knew at that very moment I'm gonna be in computer science. Not as in, ah, sure, Dennis, I get it, that's a good story, it can't be true. I took all my savings the very next day, walked out, and bought my first computer. The very next day, it was on from 8 to 10. <laughs> I went to bed, yeah. woke up, and acquired my first computer, and we're off to the races. That was the very moment. That's a, that's a great. So story. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so and you know, and, and we never had any kind of any career day for where seventh grade forward, any book, any suggestion. No, I always had the answer. <laughs> so um,
1: you know, did you have a mentor throughout your time, or you just kind of like leaned on yourself, leaned on your co-founders?
0: I think we always have Mentors, in some capacity. Sometimes it's very formal in a kind of traditional mentor-mentee type relationship. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's more loose, people that you admire, that you speak to sporadically, and everything in between those two. And there's certainly been people which I've monitored and taken note on how they did things, especially when you're younger, for where you just know I don't have the answers. And back then there was just less to read. Today you can, you and me can uh, go to the internet right now and find some really strong material. Health, uh, you know, this podcast being an example, yeah, right? this yeah. There's things out there. So I would say perhaps two people. Uh, very early on in my career, for where one ran an ad agency. Um, and Jesper I suddenly kind of looked up to him and could see how well he executed Mm -hmm. Uh, and the other one was one of my co-founders Klaus and uh, kind of stayed in contact even post that first exit that we did (laughs) together Uh, he went on to do other things Uh, that was his first and last startup went corporate thereafter but but, but kind of stayed in contact for a long period of time for where things were I could see myself going multiple directions. Hey, let's have a cup of coffee. Let me cut out. Got Tell it. you what I see. Do you see the same? Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. Love this episode of the Plugged In Podcast? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.